Welcome to episode 19 of CTU Speaks Remote Learning Parent Perspectives. Homie, I was taught by a Chicago teacher, Chicago teacher, Chicago teacher. I learned to read and write from a Chicago teacher, so I'm inspired by the fight from my Chicago teachers. I'm Jim Starnes, your co-host. And I am Andrea Parker, your co-host. Nice. And today we're going to talk with two CPS parents who have different experiences and backgrounds with CPS, but they have very similar problems. Mm -hmm. And some of those problems mirror that of the educators for CPS. Yes, they do. So as we just completed our first week of official remote learning, um, parents have experienced some challenges, same as teachers. So Jim, like, what are some, some of the challenges that you were facing during remote learning? Well, you know, as you know, I've still only got one class that I'm teaching, so I'm sure my problems are much smaller than most of the teachers out there. But mm -hmm. I will tell you, my biggest problem so far has been getting kids to log in and just uh, check in with me. I've gotten through to, you know, probably the majority of them at this point, but getting them to check in regularly and um, consistently at the same times and stuff like that is, is very difficult. And, you know, I think one of the problems are that I've heard from some people that they've got brothers and sisters that need to be on the computer and they've got to check in and they've got to do this. And, you know, how can you blame? I can't blame the kid for that. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. But it's definitely a possibility. Yeah. And if it's a possibility, you, we cannot find them, you know, hold them accountable yeah. if it is not their fault. And I have the same sentiments as you, Jim. I've had, um, in some cases, three children that are siblings in middle school and they have to share laptops. One student said, Ms. Park, I didn't get online today because my sister was using the laptop today. I'll use it tomorrow. And so they were alternating using laptops. So that is a challenge. And I also shared the challenge of not logging on. I would say about Oh, my best class, I would say uh, my eighth graders, um, in terms of number of students logging on, I would say it's about 60%. Everybody else is probably 20 to 25%. And I do have four classes. So about 20, 25% for three classes, maybe 60% for my best, for my eighth graders. Yeah. And that's pretty consistent across the district. You know, yeah. that's, that's what the, that's what the reports have been saying, you know, anywhere between a third and a half of students either don't log on, can't log on, don't know how. Right. And, you know, a problem I didn't even think of because it happened to me on Monday, I think, my internet went out. Yeah. So, you know, now anybody Absolutely. who tried to log in with me on Monday, they, they couldn't because my ass couldn't get online. Right. And that and that can happen not just to you, but to other teachers as well. Or the and a lot too. of us, we think about we think about students a lot and we should think about students, but we don't think about the teachers that maybe have some trouble with their internet. Yeah. And it's also their uh, more maybe need for training with doing these online platforms like Google Meets, like Google Classroom, right. because for many teachers, this is also their first time doing it. And whether that's a good thing or not, it's just what it is. And again, I'm not saying that remote learning is a bad thing because you have we, we want some form of learning in place. Right. And because kids are not in class, we do need some form of learning in place. And I am thankful for this remote process. Um, there are some glitches, but I am thankful for it. But also what I'm learning is it's hard to, when the kids who are logging in, they don't want to be seen. So you're talking to them, it's like you're on the phone. Um, you can see me because I don't mind, you know, showing myself, but they don't want to be seen. They say, my students say, well, um, I don't look right. My hair is not done. Right. So <laughs> it's like I want them to share some things. I want to see some visuals. Um, but it's like you're on the, you're on the phone. You, they don't want to show themselves. Um, now, during my uh, office hours, they want to share things. They may have the um, the video on, but 
they're still not connecting. So it's, it's still good to see faces, but um, most of my students are not showing their faces as well. So that could be an issue as well. Just to kind of gauge their emotions and things like that, it's really hard to see that when you only hear their voice. You know, and another thing is, um, even according to CPS's own numbers, only about half the computers have been distributed. They wanted to distribute um, 100 or 110,000 computers, and they're up to about 50 or 60,000 right now. Yeah, um, at, the end of the, at the end of the first week. Yes, at the end of the first week. That's correct. correct. We're recording this on Saturday, the end of the first week. And that's how far they've gotten. Um, and one thing we found is that some of the computers they've distributed are not working correctly. Um, yes. And some parents have stated that some of the schools are not even qualified for laptop distribution. That's craziness. And that's a scary thing. It is a very scary thing. I did I not. Did, I, I was totally unaware of something like that. I did not know that was a thing. Somebody needs to get up on that. So we're going to head on into our conversations with our two CPS parents. Yes, we are. We are here today with two guests, and these guests are two CPS parents. They are going to describe their experiences with remote learning. So I'm going to let the parents introduce themselves. Um, just tell us your name. Um, and what grades your children are in. You don't got to tell us um, their names or anything or the school they go to, but just your name and the grades your children are in. Um, Andrea, you can go first. Uh, this is Andrea. I have two children. Um, my son is in second grade and my daughter is in kindergarten. And Valerie? Um, my name is Valerie. I have three children. I have um, a high schooler who's a freshman, um, two boys in third grade and in first grade. Okay, great. Now, Andrea, this is you. Um, how long have your children been in CPS? Uh, this is their. This is Andrea. Uh, this is their first year in CPS. Okay, what were they? Uh, where were they learning? Where were they learning before CPS? This is Andrea. Prior to CPS, uh, we homeschooled. So, uh, since I started them at like I want to say four, I started my son at four, and. Um, my daughter at three. Uh, so yeah, two years, uh, two, uh, let me see my son's eight now. So yeah, five years of homeschooling, uh, pretty much. Okay, great. So this is your first year with CPS and it's just like an interesting, um, course that you're going through or interesting situation, but it's just being your first year with CPS. Very interesting. And Valerie, you have, you are a product of CPS, correct? That's correct. I graduated from Chicago public schools. Yes. Okay, great. So from a parent's perspective, if anybody can go first, from a parent perspective, what has been your experience with remote learning for the past month? Uh, this is Andrea. Um, it's been challenging. We have not had the, a, a full month of it, but we did start this past Monday. And I was very taken aback by the the, the, the whole process of how it began because they, you know, started off saying that remote learning would start Monday, but they had not issued any devices. Either of the schools had not issued devices. And I was so confused. And I'm like, well, how do you start remote learning? But you don't have, we don't have the tools in order to make that first week successful. So that, it was very challenging. Um, we didn't have laptops, working laptops anymore. And so trying to, um, you know, participate through an iPhone for two students was very hard. 
um, considering they had different times. And so there was one particular day that my son missed Google Classroom because my daughter was still on with her teacher. Yeah, some of those times can conflict, especially when you're having two children. And and why is it that you didn't have get the laptops on Monday? So the school the schools had not been uh, the CPS had not distributed laptops to the school. Um, and so, you know, like I said, I was very taken aback by it. Like, huh? What do you you know? I don't understand. This doesn't make any sense. And um, so my daughter's school, because my, my kids go to two different schools, um, my daughter's school, you know, the, and it's weird because the schools are very different and how they operate. And because it's all CPS, my expectation was that every school, you know, be structured and organized the same. You know, they have the same support, um, you know, that they need and whatnot so that there's a a smooth flow. Um, And that's just that's what that wasn't the case at all. And so it's Monday and neither of the principals can tell me what's going to happen as far as, you know, distribution. And so now we're at Wednesday going back and forth. And um, my son's school says, well, we're sorry, you know, our school didn't get approved for devices. And I'm just I could not believe it. What? I'm like, what do you what do you mean? You know, that that you guys didn't get approved. I mean, the school is excellent. And so, you know, I had some thoughts rolling around in my head about that. You know, you know, like, is it because it's a black neighborhood that the school is in? Like, what's really going on? Why right. you're, you're a CPS uh, school, a tier one school with a classical program and your students didn't qualify for laptops. How does that make sense? And then um, my daughter's uh, principal said, well, we're still trying to figure it out. And here it is. A, a full week has gone by and they still don't know. Um, we still haven't gotten any information as to when we'll actually receive um, devices. So, you know, That's crazy. It, it's, it's totally crazy. Um, yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's, it's been, it's been, it's been rough. <laughs> well, you know, that's one of the things we've talked about a lot on the show is that the divide between certain parts of the city and the resourcing they've had available to them from the North side, West side, South side. And this, the current rollout of the devices is just a, a bigger example of problems we've had throughout the system for quite a while. And that's terrible that you guys still don't even know if or when you'll be getting computers down there. I didn't even know that was a thing yet. Yes. Um, in fact, uh, let me just say this. This is the part I left out. Um, my son's school actually came back and said, you know, although we didn't qualify, we're going to figure something out. And they did. So I don't know where they got these laptops from or the devices from. Maybe these were devices that they were actually using um, during the school year. But they rallied together and had an organized pickup today from nine to eleven. So that that worked out for my son's school. Um, still nothing from my daughter's my daughter's school. They just said we'll let you know when we'll be able to distribute laptops, you know, or devices. So, yeah. Val, what about your experience as a parent with remote learning for the past month? So for my boys, they go to charter schools. They go to a charter school. And for me, um, I'm still working. I was still working. And um, I thought they were pretty much on top of it. They, the teachers text me um, at the beginning of every week. Um, I think the last day that they had school, like the, 
I can't really remember what day it was, but that following Monday, I think it was, they had us to come up to the school to get work packets. They didn't have the work packet ready for my first grader, but they had one for my third grader. Um, but online, they sent us links for the Uncommon Schools um, program and then Epic. I think it's called Get Epic or Epic. So they've been uh, actually on top of it from the beginning. And um, I speak to their teachers weekly. Now, for my high schooler, she goes to a public high school. That was a little bit um, different for me because I wasn't getting any information. They were sending emails, but it wasn't enough it, it wasn't any information as far as what they were doing. Maybe one or two teachers had emailed me um, within this past, within a month of March. But prior to that, um, it really wasn't nothing. Um, just the work that she was doing through her own, that they were sending her on her own. But as far as something consistent and them um, having like a routine set up, it was nothing in place until this started um, last Monday, the Google Home thing or whatever. But before that, it was nothing. It was like not a lot of information at all as far as what she should be doing and how should she you know, be moving forward. I d- did speak to one of her teachers in regards to assignments that she had past due. But as far as what they can do moving forward, there was nothing until... It came to this um, at home learning now. Andrea, you have two um, elementary school students in CPS, and Val, you have one high school student in CPS. What are what are they saying? What are their emotions? What are they going through right now? Um, so for my children, because again, we started off with homeschool, they're very familiar with this, and they're actually more comfortable with it. You know, um, they didn't really understand what was really happening in the world. Um, they did understand that we were they were home now because of the coronavirus. Um, and so to um, avoid contracting it, that they were going to stay home. And so, you know, staying home is really what they they heard and is like, yay, we're back home. <laughs> you know, so they really enjoy right. being you know home with the family. <laughs> right. um, but uh, when it came down to uh, getting classwork done, you know, my son got very frustrated. He's like, you know, it's hard for me to try to figure this out on a cell phone, mommy, I'm doing, I'm trying to, to see my teacher and the other students, you know, on the Google classroom, but then, you know, we're toggling back and forth and I'm not able to, to keep up because this isn't a laptop or, you know, um, an iPad that I'm on, it's a phone. So he was a little frustrated by that particular process, but, um, nonetheless, his teacher is amazing. Um, so she was very patient um, and just encouraging them um, and whatnot. So that helped a great deal. Um, for my daughter, it was a lot uh, a lot more smoother because she's in kindergarten. So she didn't have to do a lot of toggling. They pretty much stayed on the Google Classroom and her teacher, um, you know, took over that platform. And then the homework was listed, um, you know, through the emails. So she didn't have to do a lot of toggling. Her experience was much better. Um, she didn't have any, any complaints about it. And that was pretty cool. So, yeah, yeah, that's been their experience. Well, um, for my children, um, their experience, um, they, um, of course, are happy to be at home, but they are not happy to do homeschooling. So when it comes okay. time to sit down and do the work, it's really hard to get them focused. And then... Um, with them doing a work online. So for my son, the uncommon schools, they had actual um, videos of teachers 
um, teaching a lesson or so. And some of them weren't working. So he'll start on it and then it won't work. And then he's like, oh, my, it's not working. And it was just too much back and forth to that to allow you to just keep it going and be consistent with it. You kind of get frustrated with it not working properly. And then with the little one, it's even more difficult because of course they're young, they have a short attention span. So to get them to actually sit down and go online to do some work, I don't know if they were using um, online tools at at school or not, but for him, even on a tablet, it's it's like if something pops up that says um, continue or he don't know what to do next. So it leaves me with, <laughs> it leaves me with having to be so hands on with it, with amongst all the other things I have to do um, right. in the household. So for them, um, it's been kind of a vacation for them. I think they really enjoying themselves. Um, my daughter, on the other hand, once she started getting her work done, she's been kind of, she's in high school. So she's a little bit more um, independent. She can work on her own. Um, she's a little bit more self-motivated because she knows she's trying to keep her grades up or so. So it's, it's not as difficult with her now that she has, um, the Google, I don't know what they call it. The online classes with her teacher, she's been able to log in and she liked it. And once that first day that they were able to log in on Monday and the teacher was speaking, she was so excited, like, Oh, I'm in school and all this. I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, it just made me feel That's good. Great. Like, yeah. Cause y'all ain't said nothing about missing school. So it, it just <laughs> made her kind of feel like reconnected. And since then every day she's been kind of logging on, getting her work done. Cause I guess they got essays or so. But with the little ones, the experience with them is um, is super challenging because they're young and they're using these devices. And I know that um, they're pretty much savvy with phones and playing the games or so. But following those instructions on what's next and to start your quiz, that was one of the things. He's like, OK, I'm done reading a book. What now? Oh, you got to click on start quiz and then you got to answer number one, you know, and choose this right. or so. So it's just a lot of hands on. Um which as a parent, you're not used to because I'm not a teacher. So I'm not used to just sitting here and devoting right. this much time to this, um, you know, to, to them learning. I'm used to just doing the homework. We get it done. We go over it. You turn it in. We come back and look over it. But um, to actually sit there and stay engaged with them, considering their attention span, it, it's really difficult. It, yeah. it is. It's a challenge Definitely. with them. Um, we actually, um, so for their school, they mailed out their packages and they mailed those out in February. Um, um, I ended up printing them out myself, like actual work packets, but their packets actually showed up yesterday, both of them. So it took a while for them to get here. Um, and those they can work independently through. You know, they just flip the page. They work on that math part, work on the science part. So that part was pretty easy. I could actually sit them down at the table and say, hey, this is what you're working on. But the online seems to be a little bit more of a challenge for my students, for my kids. Right. right. So, Valerie, you said you, you still you still working outside the home. So while the kids, while your children are doing remote learning, how much time are you able to devote to them since you're still working outside of the home? That's the problem. So um, I was explaining to the teachers it's been kind of uh, hit and miss with us because um, considering um, my work schedule, I'm an insurance agent. So since this um, since the epidemic, my hours are different. So, of course, I have time to get them up in the morning and get them started on on their devices that they had to get them started online or they work packages. But just as soon as I walk out the door 
or anything, they're done. You know, they're not continuing on with it. So now when I come in from work, um, here we are trying to get back engaged. Um, I'm trying to cook dinner or run to the store to get some essentials or something like that. And it's not I'm not able to give it that much time. You know, so I actually have to kind of force some time in there. And I'm guessing as time goes on, we'll kind of get a routine involved with it. But um, I, I don't know. It just depends on how my work schedule goes. It leaves me kind of in limbo with actually setting, prioritizing a time for them to actually do it. Normally, so like during homework time, normally my daughter will help me out because, of course, like I said, she's a little bit more independent. She could work on her homework. She got a question. Hey, mom, I got a question here. But she's also able to help me with them. But now that she's doing the homeschooling, she don't necessarily... Um, I feel like it's a bigger responsibility for her now to actually sit there and go over their entire work packet with them and actually um, expect her to help them as much as they need in such a way. So it's, it's just difficult. It's like I almost need a home tutor or right. something. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of parents have their same sentiments. Yeah. And, you know, your experiences, this is sort of what's been going on system wide. There was an article in the, I think it was in the Sun-Times the other day that almost a third of CPS students haven't even logged on to the online learning stuff. And a lot of it's it's not because the kids aren't wanting to do the work or the, the teachers aren't involved. It's because, you know, the, the parents aren't there. They're working. They're trying working with other kids. Um, and, you know, or like what, you know, you'd said earlier that, you know, one of your kids was on the on the device and it was time for the other kid to be on. Well, now that kid's counted as not being present in the classroom. And that's not the kid's fault. I mean, that's nobody's fault. That's Well, it's fault to CPS for not having a plan. But, you know, and this is why, you know, one of the complaints we just had at the union the other day was we're going to be rolling out grades yesterday. Because, um, you know, we're recording this on Saturday, the day after grades went in. And, you know, how can you effectively evaluate students when we haven't seen them for four out of the last five weeks. It's craziness. Yeah. And how will we continue to evaluate them? Because the fourth quarter begins on Monday and right, CPS does not necessarily have a plan yet on what that's going to look like, because we know that a lot of kids are not logging on uh, in many classrooms. It's maybe like 20%, some 40%. And that's a on a good day. So And like the like Andrea said, that a lot of the kids don't even have their computers yet. I didn't even I didn't even know there were schools saying that oh we're, we're not, we don't qualify I didn't even know that was a thing yeah that's that's crazy how and how can we judge them I mean what if there was no other ability for for her to get a device and now we're gonna we're gonna blame these kids for it that's that's some BS you know exactly that's stupid you can't do that so this is Valerie and I wanted to say um we're getting a devices so um. My daughter's high school gave out devices starting Wednesday, I think. And um, it was from 9 to like 1230. I went up there, of course, at 1215 so that I wouldn't have to um, be in line for a long time. And it was a very easy process. (laughs) You go go right before they close, you know, you're going to get up out of there really quick. So the line was very short. It was a very quick process. They had me sign my name, tell them my student's name, and um, they gave me the device. The only thing is, um, the reason why we got the device is because her principal had sent me an email asking um, if we needed devices. In. And of course, I took the survey and saying that, yes, we did need another device because I have a laptop that's challenged. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just not in the best condition anymore. Guess what? She's still using my laptop because that <laughs> Chromebook would not log on to the Wi-Fi at first. For whatever reason, 
it wouldn't pick up the Wi-Fi. Wow. So um, she's still not using it. I think she I think she was saying this morning that she was able to get it to work. But whatever it was, she wasn't able to use it as if how she uses my laptop. And I can ask her um, to see what was the reason why she wasn't able to use it. But um, she she haven't been able to use it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. tough. I, I mean, that's another thing that we're not talking about is how many of these devices that are being handed out aren't working right, properly. or updated. I mean, I know in my school, yeah, everybody knows that on our Chromebook carts at school, like in, in our in our section of the school, computer number five just doesn't work. We all know that. You can't, you can't use number five. And the kids know it too. But, you know, if you're passing them out, nobody knows number five don't work. <laughs> right. You know? That's so true. That, somebody's got number five now and they're like, damn, I got number five. So tell us how the teachers have been helpful during this process. We know we have, I'm hearing some challenges um, during this time. We know that um, because we are in this COVID-19 pandemic, that we know that it's safer for the children to be at home rather than in school. And we know that remote learning is not a perfect issue. However, uh, how have the teachers you know, really helped you all get through this? <clears throat> I want to first say that from a parent's perspective, even though um, you know, I've had the experience of homeschooling. I really appreciate uh, those teachers who are trying to make this work because many of them, especially my children's teachers, both have students at home as well. So not only, yeah, you know, point. are they trying to make sure that their students at school are getting what they need, but they also have students at home that they have to walk through this process with as well. So I'm very understanding and, you know, all of that in my hat. I just really tip my hat off to them um, because a lot of them are going through, too. You know, some of them have family members who have passed from COVID. I mean, just a myriad of things um, that they've been affected by during this time and to still show up. Um, I just really applaud them. Um, and so, yeah, my both of my uh, children's teachers um, have been very supportive um, before class even starts, um, my son's teacher has like this, uh, survey that she asked them to fill out. Like, how are you feeling today? Um, are you concerned? Oh, nice. Are you sad? Are you ready to work? You know, what's going on with you? Is there anything you want to talk to me about? Um, it doesn't have to be related to school. Um, just, you know, wanting to make sure that, um, she lays a foundation before she starts, you know, right. teaching them you know, to make sure that they're ready, um, you know, to learn. And so that's been great. The communication has been great. You know, whenever I've had concerns about certain things like the devices, um, they've been very um, consistent in communication, you know, with even saying like, man, I didn't know that you guys didn't have a device, you know, but thank you for letting me know. I'm understanding. We'll figure it out. So yeah, they've been really good. Both teachers have been really good um, with all of this, you know, this, this situation wasn't planned. Nobody knew that we'd be here. And so considering right. that, I think they're doing an exceptional job, honestly, with what they've, you know, the tools that they've been given to make this happen. Um, so for me, I, um, I feel like the teachers as well have been very supportive, especially my first grader. He has two teachers and literally if one is not texting me, or emailing me, the other one is. And they're just checking on us overall. The other day they called, they actually called to talk to him for like just a few minutes just to say, hey, how you doing? And um, then they had like this, um, you know, every day that they logged into the program, they were entered for a prize at the end of the week. And then they had spirit week. One of the days they had to take a picture with a silly hat. 
and I sent them a oh, picture cute. and, you know, all this other stuff. So the, those teachers have been really, um, really helpful, really engaged, offering me any help that I need. Um, I mean, as far as anything, like, just let us know what we could do for you. We're here for you. Um, my third grader, his teacher has, um, he, his mode of contact has been, um, email. And of course, every time he uploads a book, it comes to my email and say, Hey, he chose this book for Kamari. So through the, um, Epic program, the teacher is actually, um, allowed to go on there and choose different books that they think would pique the interest. So yeah, I like that. Now for my daughter's school. One of her teachers, I felt like, went above and beyond because she wasn't even calling about um, work that needed to be done um, th- that was future work or what's going on right now. She was actually calling about past due assignments that my daughter hadn't completed. And she was like, hey, I need for her to get these assignments done so we can bring her grade up. I have this in here and this in here and we're going to calculate it and we're going to see what we can do for her. But she needs to get these two <laughs> assignments done. And I just thought like, I thought that was just so, you know, nice of her to do that. Like you, to take time out of your day to call for some back work, right. considering <laughs> that you, you know, have other stuff to do. You calling for her past due assignments that she knew about that she should have done, done, you know. And she was like, yeah, and I still have. Um, she said she had a roster of about 150 students. Wow. Yep. That's typical. And, and guess what? It's not it, it's not even a core class that she's calling about. I think this like advisory or something that they have assignments in. So it was like I really thought that she really went above and beyond. Honestly, I think they're doing a good job. Um, the ones that I've had to support me. I think that the, the things that they're doing, um, you know, just the calls and the communication is just I'm overwhelmingly grateful I'll say that because they don't have to just those small things so now that the governor I know many of you all probably heard um, yesterday that the governor said that in-person schooling or classroom schooling will be suspended for the remainder of the school year so knowing that and that um, schools basically school in-person school will be out you know to the end of you know till June and throughout the summer what does that look like or for you and what do you think like you need from the school district to make sure this experience is beneficial to your kids? I, I, you know, I feel good about it again, because I have experience with homeschooling. I've always felt like, um, you know, my child's education is my responsibility. I am their first teacher, which is what get, you know, made me take the initiative and started teaching them at home anyway. And I, and I prefer my student, my kids to be safe. Um, so Having them home is the best decision um, that could have been made um, considering what's going on. But definitely, I feel like, uh, you know, some extra resources, um, learning resources for them to send home, even for the summer, since, you know, again, you know, we had the strike at the beginning of the school year. And then now this has happened just to help reinforce, um, you know, what's been missed and to make sure our students are on track for the next level when they do start school back. And I don't say that just for my kids, but I'm saying kids overall. Teaching my children, you know, isn't hard for me, but that's just me. You know, I don't know what their curriculum looks like for next year, um, you know, in school. So, I, you know, I would still um, love to have, um, you know, some material to just, like I said, reinforce what's been learned um, and then to help prepare them. Uh, for the next year, you know, when they start school. That makes sense. That's a reasonable ask. Definitely. So for me, um, 
as far as what I expect um, for the rest of the school year, honestly, I kind of knew that the schools weren't going to open back up. And I didn't plan on sending my kids back for the rest of the school year anyway, because I have two children who have asthma. So they've been in the house since this has started because I don't want to put them at risk. And um, I wasn't going to send them back. It was like, hey, we, we I'm just going to be a teacher slash insurance agent, mother, <laughs> right. you know, whatever. Um, so right now, my expectations is... Um, probably material learning material as long as that we can um keep the learning material coming i i know a lot of people use online things or so but um even for me as an adult i had a difficulty um keeping attention with online classes i'm more of a person who likes to be engaged with people and i like to be in a classroom setting so i didn't do well when i took online classes so and i hope i'm not projecting that off to my children as well, I, I might be, but um, I would like to have actual material. I'm a person who likes to actually read a manual and, you know, to actually go through it and go back to page one and highlight and go over this information. So um, what I expect from CPS now is to make sure that we have these learning tools at home other than just online devices, because, yeah, they do everything online. And, and sometimes they actually need to just pick up a book or a piece of paper and write Put this out on paper and kind of go over your outline and this, that, you know, kind of set some things out instead of doing it online. I know there's a lot of people who are pretty savvy with doing those type of things online, but um, it's a little difficult when you have small children as well. It's a little bit easier to have them a sheet of paper. I know it may be costly for CPS, but I think the learning materials need to be, um, I expect them to provide me with learning materials. With them having a packet, even though I had already printed out one, it was so easy for me to sit them down and, hey, work on the packet. What you can't do without me, move on to the next session, and then we'll go back to it. So that that made it just a little bit more easy. And I know everything's not going to be easy and we shouldn't expect it to, but considering everything that's going on, those small things matter. So I think um, I expect them to have some learning material sent out to the homes. Um, I was thinking maybe they can have... um, so how you were saying, like with your daughter, one session was, um, you know, your son was still on one and your daughter, it was time for her to log into one that um, those time restrictions like that is a hinder. Maybe if um, they have a teacher kind of like the uncommon school. So they have a teacher record the actual lesson. And yeah, there are going to be some bumps in the road. It might not come through. It might not work properly or whatever for a few of us. But if they have those online sessions available, maybe maybe at nine o'clock in the morning, we're not available to log into the Google classroom. But nine o'clock at night. When things are settled, we're able to go back and watch this video that your teacher recorded of today's lesson and we can go over it. And then we have a deadline of um, by Monday morning, the work for last week should be turned in or something like that. So I expect them to kind of give us some guidelines to go off of um, to help us during this transition, you know, to, to help us for the rest of the remaining three months of the school. Yeah, I need a game plan in such a way. Right. You want some flexibility you want more times or hours not to be restricted to just the hours during the day because people still work. So something that parents can access at night. Exactly. We can access it in the evening and um, yeah, go over it with our students because now that everybody's at home, your schedule is not the same as it was when we all got up in the morning and left out for work in school. 
now is just it's haywire. People stand up. The, the bedtimes are not the same anymore. Yeah. You know, so now <laughs> when I when, when we true. first tried to do the um, homeschooling thing, I'm still getting I still my routine was still the same. I'm still getting up, going to work, but they're staying up late. And it was difficult for me to get them up and get them started. Hey, come on, let's get up. Y'all going to get started on this work. That was a challenge. Cause I'm trying to get ready for work and get on out the door. And here it is. You don't want to get up and do this homeschooling that I'm leaving here, leaving you here to do on your own. Well, thank you all so much for sharing. Uh, Is there any other things that you all want to say before we sign off? Well, again, because this is my, um, my first experience with CPS, my expectations were pretty high. You know, I went to private school for um, elementary school And then for high school, I did do public school at Kimwood. And it was almost like Kimwood was not a public school, you know, the way that it operated. And so um, to see that there was not uniformity um, across the the CPS schools um, was very disheartening, you know, and you you hate to compare one school to the next. But it's like, aren't you CPS? Doesn't the support come from the same source? you know, like what's really going on. Right. Here. And so, you know, that has been my main challenge um, with just my overall CPS experience when everybody's not saying the same thing. And then, you know, some of the feedback I get is that, well, we have more students, but just because you have more students doesn't mean that there can't be a standard of um, organization and structure. In fact, you should have more organization and more structure because you are dealing with more students, you know. And so um, that's been a, a major issue for me just across the board that the schools um, are not unified in how they operate. And I just don't think that should be. So does make you think think about or reconsider homeschooling again? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now you're going to say something or? Yeah, I was going to quickly say, um, I think my experience is different and I'm not exactly sure. Um, well, I am sure my kids go to <laughs> charter school. They did. <laughs> they did prior to that go to um, a regular public school. And um, but prior to that, we moved from downstate Illinois, where um, my daughter did um, most of her um, primary um, schooling. So when I moved here to Chicago, the introduction back into CPS was devastating to me overall. I was a little disappointed. Um, Why is that? Well, I was disappointed because I didn't feel like they were, I didn't feel like my children were being taught or their education was taken seriously. My, my third grader was in his first year. I think he was in first grade and I was so disappointed in the fact that he didn't have homework every day. Um, his teacher said she was giving him homework every day. He just didn't bring it home. But um, they didn't have books. And of course, I understand why. But um, she was saying they didn't have no, books. No, I don't understand why they didn't have books. I don't understand why. Oh, well, they said it wasn't in a funding. Okay, so I, I've been around this table with. So they said they didn't have books because the principal didn't buy them, right? It was in the budget to buy the principal has to buy it so they said if i had a problem with these type of things then i should come to the local school council meetings right so i was like oh, okay cool i'm coming to the local school council meetings and when i came to the local school council meeting i came twice um to two meetings one meeting was canceled because 
it wasn't enough people there. The right people wasn't there to have the meeting. And then um, and it was the meeting to vote for the principal or something. It was just weird. And then um, the next meeting I came to was just a waste of my time. And I and I told them I expressed that to them. I said, I want to be an engaged parent. And I don't took my time to come up here for this meeting and it's nothing going on. So I was really disappointed. Um, one of the teachers told me that she only got a certain amount of copies for her week or day or whatever it was. And her and the teachers were borrowing long copies of papers or so. So I was really disappointed in that. Um, ultimately, we ended up leaving that school and then now they're in a charter school. So basically what you all are saying is for remote learning to be successful for the remainder of the year, you're looking for some flexibility. You're looking for some very relevant work materials, whether it's online or even printed to prepare them for the next school year. You want them to be understanding of your needs for working parents um, and, th- and to make sure there's equity, yes. um, make sure there's equity among all schools, um, because right now you all seeing some inequity and it should be right. some more uniformity. So we appreciate your perspective and, ex- and share your experience. Yeah, I'm sure this will be very helpful. So much for yes, I'm sure it'll be very helpful to parents who are listening all over the city. So thank you all so much. Thank no you. Problem. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of CTU Speaks on Parent Perspectives. And I think that was a great interview we had and some really interesting thoughts from two parents in CPS. It was. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns about today's podcast or any other podcast or just any general concerns or thoughts, please do not hesitate to call us at 312-467-8888. You also can reach us at CTU Speaks at CTU Local one.org and don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms like stitcher and spotify and itunes and soundcloud there's a lot of them out there you can just pick pick one at least come on it sure is and if you don't have any of those platforms just go to ctu's page at ctu local one.org mm-hmm. and you can see it there but yes, definitely you tell your friends tell your family members tell your co-workers and your just be a part of the ctu speaks podcast family we're also on facebook we are at ctu speaks so please go there and speak your mind yep so that's all we have for today again we are ctu speaks where we only speak what matters until next time see ya